2: Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker, and I am here with my two fabulous co-hosts, Patricia Kirkman, PK,
3: and George Lugo. How are you guys doing tonight?
1: Good, great.
3: Fabulous here. We had warm weather today, sunshine, and they're even talking about it being like 70 today. (sighs) Ah. I can only really imagine. I just, <laughs> we still oh, I know. Solid I ice on my driveway. The
2: ah. I'm know, you're the ice queen. <laughs> oh, I am. God. I'll tell you what. I slid down my driveway today,
3: <laughs> and
2: it's I powered my way bed. back up. It was very Our. exciting. Oh, wow. Lord. Mm. So but you look we good. Have, oh, I do look good. I do, yeah. I had to go out to look good, and now I can say I do. So that's very important. (laughs) You can brave any element (laughs) to make that happen.
3: (laughs) All right. attitude.
2: (laughs) Well, I I have to start the show, though, tonight thanking you, PK, and also giving a shout-out to Dwight and Rhonda Hull. And I will tell all of you why. My little dog, Gabriel, who I love with all my heart, um, actually ended up with some heart issues. And I was trapped here because of the ice storms and the ice on the roads, and I couldn't get to the vet. So, I mean, it got to the point where I was going to just walk down my mile-long driveway, but my husband said, don't even bother because you won't get down. It's that slick. So I had to treat little Gabriel myself. And my guess was it was a heart issue, but I wasn't certain. I called Dwight and Rhonda, and you know they've been on the show with us several times with oh, their, their books sweetheart. about yeah, ghosts in the Wild West and their wonderful guests. They came on and talked about Jesse James and, and lots of other outlaws. Well, Dwight also does animal communication. So I asked Dwight, I said, would you please just check in with Gabriel and see if I'm on the right track because I'm going to have to keep treating him myself until i can get out of here so he did he asked gabriel gabriel said he felt a heaviness in his chest area so dwight said yep yeah, i think it's heart. you're right keep doing what you're doing so then pk you and i spoke and you were saying how according to the numbers gabriel would respond well to alternative treatment now i didn't have access to traditional treatment alternative was all i had so that was very encouraging, PK. So I was able to throw everything I had at him, and, of course, I have a little mini pharmacy here myself of alternative medicine, and it did improve his condition. So Wonderful. I finally got out of here. <laughs> well, finally. <laughs> went are
3: you not many. And, I've seen it. <laughs> oh,
2: goodness. It was quite an adventure. Uh, we got down the ice-covered driveway and back up into the hill towns to another town that's even at a higher altitude. But the vet confirmed what Dwight said and, and what I thought. So he had been given the best of, of what I had until we could get him over to see the vet. So I, I just wanted to thank you, PK. That was so, so helpful. And Dwight and Rhonda, thank you very much again because – you all encouraged me to keep following that path, and it made a big difference. He did start to recover, and he's still with me, and it was touch and go. I think we all
3: pulled wonderful. him back from
4: yeah. Oh, the
3: Yeah, that's dead. great. I'll be seeing Dwight and uh, Dwight in uh, Tombstone in May at a show they're having there. Oh, wonderful. Well, you're going to have to yeah. announce the date so that if people are in the I area, will. they can when stop by and see you. Killers. Yeah, it's going to be great to be there with them. Yes. Yes.
2: Looking and George, you were it. very George, I just want to thank you as well because you called and several times to find out how Gabriel was doing and you know, that makes a difference when you're you're just got you hanging on by your fingernails. So <laughs> anyway, thank you right, so man. much. People care, oh, that's important. <clears throat> that's right. So PK, start us off if you would, with the numbers. You have something interesting to tell us this week, as you do every week. What is it this time? Yeah
3: but firstly, it's it's a five universal day, so it's all about change. Don't expect anything to be normal, but there's a lot of changes going on. But it's high energy, good, good things happening. There's a luck factor that goes with the day. Those are always positive to feel good about, that's for sure. Except if you're on the road driving, pay, pay attention to the speedometer, not just what you're doing on the outside, because tendency to drive too fast. But other than that, I was taking a look at – things that are popping up because of our lovely guest tonight. And I took a look at a couple of the names that we usually use when we're looking at metaphysics, or I should say the spiritual side of things, and I looked at what the words represent looking at them through the numbers. Ghost is a 7, 25-7, so it deals with changes, dealing with companionship, but it deals with spiritual, spirits. I thought that was interesting to find that that is what it comes down to with the number. It's the spirit. I took That's a look so at mediumship.
2: Yeah. And last and me, week you, you were talking about the number seven coming around with those alien pulses from right. deep within another universe. So here we are back again, but from another side, the other side now.
3: Well, seven deals with spirituality, teaching, and learning, and the – Things that are really different, because anything dealing with seven, it's about it's a learning tool, and so isn't what we've talked about last week and what we're talking about today all about a learning tool. Yes, how to do it better. That's right. Yeah. So and I took a look at the word mediumship, and that becomes a, a forty-five-nine. So it's about all encompassing of all aspects of things. So I thought, well, it's a good way to go. And the beginning of the name itself is also a nine. So it's looking at universal all aspects, all beings. I think that was to me was a little bit of a surprise. So when I went to looking at the term for mediums, that represents the number three, which is a communicator. And I thought, how apropos, isn't it? Yes. So very got the creative side going for that and so we're looking mm-hmm. at the different aspects of it. It really I find it fascinating to see how these things always break down. Nothing new that we didn't expect, and yet it's validated. It's, it's got its stamp of approval, shall we say, from the universe, or we realize <laughs> the universe is stamping on it. But oh, I think my it was goodness. Kind of, so I just kind of thought I'd take a quick look at some of those things. And I think it's always nice when we take a look at how we feel about things. And this is a day of change, and some people that have a little strange feelings about how certain things respond to us, I think are going to have an opportunity to open up their mind to additional things as we listen to our guest tonight because her book was quite interesting.
2: Yes, it was, and Mm -hmm. we have a wonderful guest tonight. We're going to introduce Mm -hmm. her in just a few minutes. But first I want to say, if you want your own numerology reading with Patricia Kirkman, you can go to PatriciaKirkman.com, or you can also find PK right on our website with SupernaturalGirls.com. So very important to know all about the meaning of your name, your birth date. It's very helpful information, so be sure to contact PK for that. And George Lugo is our resident psychic medium at large, and you can find him at CrystalGateReadings.com, CrystalGateReadings. .com. And, George, you have a lot in common, I think, with our guest tonight. And we've got to hook you two up, and we're just going to sit back and listen to the conversation, I think, because we have a wonderful guest, Kitty Janice oh, who has written a great book, and I love the title, When the Dead Speak. So like she's going to be on in a minute because it, this is just a great topic for all of us. We're very much entranced with the topic of mediumship and ghosts, And Kitty is also an Mm -hmm. investigator, so we're going to hear all about her adventures with that. And she has a beautiful quote in her book that I just wanted to read out loud to everybody in the audience. The boundaries which divide life from death are at best shadowy and vague. Who shall say where the one ends and where the other begins? Edgar Allan Poe. Great quote. So Kitty Mm -hmm. is an author. A psychic medium, a paranormal investigator. She's also trained in NLP, EFT, hypnotherapy, and she's also a Reiki master. As an adult, Kitty began researching historic locations and conducting scientific paranormal investigations. It was this time during her early investigations she realized she also had a gift for capturing what is known as EVPs or electronic voice phenomena. She was able to capture spirit voices through the use of digital recorders during every investigation. Well, we're going to hear more about this from Kitty herself. And before, Kitty, we go to you, I just wanted to say, for dream analysis, soul realignment readings, be sure to contact me, Patricia Baker. You can find me at SupernaturalGirls.com. And one other thing, Itzhak Berry, who's been on our show a number of times, a great shaman is leading a summit, I think it's in Ecuador this time, or the Andes. I'm not sure exactly where, but it's somewhere in South America. And it is open now that you can send in your application for review, and they'll review your application. And if you're a match for the rest of the team, you're going to be going. So that's on our website. That is on our Facebook page, along with a lot of great stories about UFOs, sightings, landings, the Pentagon denying, admitting, it's all there. Abductions. So go take a look. Lots of great stuff on that. So, we got to go and talk to the dad tonight, right? So here we are and Kitty Janice, welcome to the show.
4: Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
2: Great to have you. Wonderful book. And if you could just just start us off with your early life, I guess you grew up with these things, huh?
4: Well, I kind of did, and the funny part is, I just thought, that, you know, as my sister and my brother did, that everybody had ghosts in their house because we didn't think it was something <laughs> unusual. Um, my parents bought the, you know, quintessential actual pink stucco, you know, house in about <laughs> 1956, I think it was. Why anybody would buy a pink house, I do not know. But uh, they were they they bought the house new. They were the original owners of the house. And surrounding this track was nothing basically but orange and lemon groves for as far as the eye could see. We were about twenty nine miles from downtown Los Angeles, and there was so little in between that house and Los Angeles that we actually had a pretty good view of what we call the Emerald City, the, the downtown of Los Angeles. I mean, there was, like, just miles of orange and lemon groves in between us. And for whatever reason, our house seemed to be really active. And probably at least about once or twice a week we would have some sort of, you know, poltergeist or, you know, paranormal activity going on in the house since I was, you know, a very, very young child and most of it surrounded either my bedroom, the bathroom, and the connecting hallway would be the most active areas of the house. And I remember sitting in the bathroom staring at that door thinking, I've gotta leave the bathroom and I know there's gonna be something in that hallway. And this would be in the <laughs> middle of the day. And you know, just you just had that presence when you walked out that there was just something on the back of your neck just following you, just being very territorial about this little tiny eight-foot hallway. And you would just bolt out of the hallway. And everybody would. You know, I would, my sister would, people who visited the house would. They did not like being in that hallway. We would hear footsteps going up and down, you know, like boots on a wooden floor, but the hallway was carpeted. But you would just sit there and hear the clomp, 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 clomp. And... I think what really led to my mindset that I have is because my parents did not discount it. They didn't really actively acknowledge it every single time, but they never said, "Oh, it's nothing. It's the wind. You know, it's the cat. Don't worry about." They they knew something was going on. They knew it was of a paranormal or supernatural nature, but they never said, "Ignore this." They never said, "Do not discount what is going on." And I really have to credit them. For having an open mind, I didn't really say, oh, I'm absolutely a believer at that point. We just knew something was going on in the house, and it was just – it was. I thought it was just so cool because my friends would come over, you know, as little kids, and they're like, you mean you don't have things falling over? You don't have bootsteps clomping up and down the hallway all the time? They're like, no, this is scary, and I'm like, ah, you guys are funny. <laughs> so – you know, I think this from an early childhood, just growing up with that, it was I just always had this level of comfort and acceptance that there was something not quite understood, but there was something that was always on the other side that would kind of come and visit. And I just you know I always thought that was really fascinating, but he would get a little annoying at times. It was, I think, a male spirit. Where he come from, I don't know, because my parents were the original owners of the house. He loved to move things that were green. And I always have this favorite story that I was probably about seven or eight years old, and we were going to go to I think Disneyland the next day, and I had all my worldly treasures of about seven dollars in this green plastic pirate treasure chest. Because doesn't every girl have a green plastic pirate treasure <laughs> chest to have all their money mm-hmm. in? I don't know. So you know, I'd set it down on the table, so I knew where it was. And we were going to go in the morning, and in the morning, to go to Disneyland, the chest was gone. Could not find what? it anywhere. Oh. And we tore the house apart, and we finally found it perched up on the door of the refrigerator. Now, as a seven-year-old, I couldn't even reach the top of the refrigerator. If I wanted to, why would I put it up there? And this was, you know, kind of an ongoing thing that things that would green would get moved, and we'd find them a day or so later in a really stupid place, usually up on door jams on top of the refrigerator, just odd places where you knew you wouldn't accidentally have set it down. Uh, we would come home, and all the water in the house would be running The shower, the faucets, everything would just be running full blast and My parents would just say, "Ah, you know, now the water bill's going to be high you know they would never say, "Oh, my gosh, it's a ghost," or they would never they would never discount it, which I just think was really a a really neat thing that they mm-hmm. were acknowledging what was going on in the house, but let us reach our own decisions about exactly what that was. And right. They didn't thing, make a big deal I, out of it. They just kind of lived with they it. They didn't make a big deal out of it, and I think that's what I think a lot of people need to realize is you don't need to make a big deal out of if you see something, if you hear something. I have people emailing me all the time, just terrified because I saw a dark shadow. I'm seeing I'm being possessed, and is it demonic? I'm oh, yeah. like, you know, yeah. just because it's a dark shadow, that's probably all the energy that they can muster to manifest, and that's all you're really seeing. I mean, it could be Aunt Bessie standing in front of you, and she just <laughs> happens to appear as a dark shadow. I, I hear footsteps. I'm like, I have never heard in all my years of investigating that hearing footsteps is something that's really negative. Right. I mean, <laughs> it, it's always something of a more benign nature. I Don't, don't worry if you hear footsteps. So I you know, I get these emails all the time from people who are just terrified and I'm like, Why are you terrified? Just because you're not sure what it is I think you have to have more of a level of curiosity and right. wonder who is it and why are why are they there kind of thing. Well and uh, also, I also wrote, I'm gonna address this question to both
2: you and George. I think the media has a lot to do with it because they oh, try to make things even more frightening on television than it really is. And sure. don't you think they're kind of leading the way so that oh, people yeah. do freak out?
1: All the CGI that's being done and all that, you know, just kind of, you know, it, in fact, television is way more scary than, than in real life, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, so that's a lot more tick. Yeah, you know, oh,
4: yeah.
1: As
4: people, as people, ask, good. people ask okay. me if I've seen those scary movies like, you know, Annabelle and Poltergeist and stuff. So I'm like, no, you know, because they're, they're a little far. From what real reality is, and I've pretty much right. seen it's scarier. <laughs> yeah, the kitty was
3: wretched. Yeah. Totally did you? But, but, was there ever any investigation to find out what was on the property that your house was built on? Since the others in the neighborhood didn't have the same issues you did, could there have been something in the ground itself?
4: The closest we could find was at about a block away that there was an old packing warehouse. Uh-huh. That had a railroad leading up to it. Uh, it was uh, an orange packing house, and I, I found that uh, railroad tracks, and railroad lines, tend to carry a lot of energy because but, you know it's very kinetic, oh, it's both? very transient <laughs> in their energy.
5: Yeah.
4: And that's nobody else's house. Or at least that they would admit. Let's put it that way. I'll bet okay. a mm-hmm. lot of houses in that area were active, and they just they just didn't want to talk about it because this was a generation that didn't didn't want to broach that subject i think mm-hmm. and i think i like i remember my parents kind of having whispered conversations with you know the other neighbors and i think they probably really were discussing it and not bringing it you know telling the kids about it because they didn't want to frighten us but I, I, I think a, i think a few more houses in that neighborhood had some activity and they just really didn't want to frighten the kids mm-hmm. and my parents just happened to be of like oh it's you know it's it is what it is, just, you know, come to Good your own conclusion of what it is, yeah. But I think the other parents, like I remember that. those little hushed conversations of, you know, what the heck is going on around here. But there's still orange and lemon groves here and there. But, yeah, that's. I think it might have just been a worker or it might have been somebody at the warehouse. And mm-hmm. In fact, a, a couple of years ago I wrote or of a younger reader's book called Secrets Buried in the Lemon Grove that, is kind of based on the actual paranormal events that happened at the house, and I kind of wove what I think might have caused the paranormal activity in the house. I created a story of who it might have been, and kind of an adventure of you know me, my sister, my brother, kind of finding out maybe what it was that had happened in the house. And that's kind of a little a fun book that I wrote. But I was oh, doing awesome. one of my many surgeries. <laughs> I decided to write another book. Because I had, you know, I had some requests for more of a lighthearted book on the paranormal for maybe a younger reader. So I said, well, okay, I'll I'll write kind of a goosebumps kind of book. So yeah, I wrote Secrets Buried in the Lemon Grove, and that came out a couple years ago, and that one's also available at Amazon.
2: You know, I'll I think that's important too yeah. to to address more uh, stories that would be appropriate for a younger group because uh, mm-hmm. a lot of those kids are really tuned in. And then they're afraid to talk about it because their parents tell them, "Hey, don't tell people that you're seeing this or that you're having oh, yeah. this experience. They'll think
4: you're crazy. They'll think right. we're all crazy. They'll put us away. And, yes. and I've heard, you know, from friends of mine who, you know, have abilities who are psychic, that there is a long history of quote mental illness in their family. Oh my gosh! You know, Aunt Bessie was hearing voices. Your Uncle Joe you know, claimed that he talked to his dead wife all the time. And so these people were sometimes institutionalized because they were thought to be insane Mm -hmm. in older generations. And so the younger generation coming up inheriting these gifts are all of a sudden, you know, reticent to explain it to their parents because their parents' eyes grow wide and like, oh, my gosh, my kid's crazy now because, you know, Aunt Bessie heard voices too. and. (laughs) You know, so it's kind of a generational thing, and now we're just kind of getting to that level of acceptance that, yes, we are hearing these voices, yes, we are seeing these things. Let us ask more questions and see if we can find more answers about what is really going on here. Exactly. And, and as you know, you brought up
2: right from the beginning, this was the part of normal life for you. So you were able to integrate this a lot differently than other people who it gets uh they have a kind of an experience of it being sprung on them, whether they move into a house that's haunted or onto a property that has a lot of activity and they just don't know what to do. So you were kind of luckily groomed West. for this. So <laughs> it looks like we have a, a caller with a question. So let me bring the caller on with us and it says area code four oh eight and let's see.
5: Phoenix.
2: Hi, what's your name? <laughs>
5: Hey, my name is Craig. How are you doing?
2: Good, Craig. Do you have a question for Kitty?
5: Yeah, I was just wondering, um, <clears throat> uh, I have some mineral rights, uh, and I was wondering if you had any insight about where they're at and and what's going on with that.
4: You mean you have mineral rights and you don't know the location of these lands? Yeah,
5: I don't know the location. That uh, A lot of people, when people are getting – to the time where it's the end um i guess a lot of people gather around and some of them aren't really they don't have good intentions so there's things that went that happened that made it complicated for me to see um what happened with with that whole aspect of the mineral rights
3: what area what what,
4: uh, city what area honey uh
5: modesto california okay
4: so you so you live in Modesto, and you have rights, and you don't know where that location is, or you're not sure if you're well, going to continue to have the rights to those mineral
5: lands? Well, everybody's deceased now, and I'm the only one that would be left. So and other people have seemed to um, – they didn't communicate anything to me about the mineral rights, which I don't think other people knew about. So I don't know what's going on. I don't know where it's at. I know it's in Oklahoma somewhere, but I don't know exactly where it's at. So I can't, like, go present it to, any, to anyone because I don't have any information.
1: You don't even have what? a name name for it? You know, someone's name on that bead? You got a family name. Um,
5: Jack. Jack. I got that. Jack. Hmm.
3: Uh, thinking of something here, George, when Richard's family was from Oklahoma, and there were some issues about mineral, mineral rights, and the county – in the area, you'd have to check with them about by, by the name of, to, and go back that direction to see what they can show you on that. See if that yep. won't help you.
5: Yeah, yeah I just, uh, I just don't know where. I, I don't know how to get. I don't. I really don't know what, how else to get any information from that whole thing. As far as well, no, you know. no. But what area they lived and and start checking
3: there and move from there out. I have no out. idea.
5: I just know it's in Oklahoma there was uh, there was mineral rights that were passed down from generation to generation, and uh, I know that this. Don't you this know
3: whole where they thing, lived in Oklahoma at all?
5: Um, I don't. I know that I know that there was a, a a drilling company out there that was working going down further looking for the mother load, if you will. Um, yeah. What well, do I you know the name were. of the
4: drilling company? Because I would definitely was, either check was, with their records and the county uh, records office, and take your name, take your you know, birth certificate if you can. Say here, here I am. I had family who lived here. You know, the historical society can probably you know uh, give you a lot of documentation on the, your family that lived there. Right. And then you okay. could take that information to the county office and say, you know, I am a blood descendant of these people, you know, I, I, I've i heard that I have some mineral rights here and, you know, they could probably lead you in a better direction mm-hmm. because it's more of a legal paperwork issue than, you know, I can come up with, you know, names or maybe a city, but it's, it's not going to have a legal ground to stand on. You're going to have to get your birth certificate and go there, you know, in person or through email. And it's okay. going to have to be done through a paper trail hmm If there's money okay. involved it has to be done through a paper trail I'm afraid.
5: Yeah, that's that's kinda what I get from it. Um since that since that question didn't go so well can I I mean I, I kinda knew what you were saying anyway. I just I just didn't know exactly which direction to go, so you gave me some ideas. Um Yeah, I think the historical but, society can actually give you a lot more
4: information than you you would think they would be able to. Yeah, okay. sounds
5: good. And one more thing. My my girlfriend, her I've been with childhood sweethearts, um her her family member was was murdered and and so was we believe that the daughter was too and so I don't I don't know it's kind of an unsolved thing. Um, <clears throat> I wonder if I could find anything out about that. Her 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 her, her cousin's name was uh, Caroline.
4: Are they thinking that it might have been somebody that they knew?
5: I think because I'm immediately, immediately
4: the, picking up on that it was someone they knew, and so that's why someone,
5: it, that's what we believe. And someone was yeah. I don't think it was of a family it.
4: member. It, it was it was someone that w- they had a relationship with, and that there had been some violence in the past on that, but not nearly to the extent. The guys have well, a feeling the, that they already know who who it is, but they just don't know. How to go about uh, following up on this person
5: but it was well, definitely somebody person, that she go ahead i think the person they they already convicted a person of the thing but they just don't know how he if it was you know how he did it how it was done i mean
3: well if he was convicted that should have told them something
5: Yeah, he was convicted. It's just like we don't know if it was an accident or if he actually did it or not, you know. He was convicted of doing it, but I don't know if it was an accident or if he actually did it.
4: What what On I'm purpose. picking up is it, it was done in a moment of rage. I mean, he kind of did it intentionally at the moment. He didn't mean to, act, you know, really kill him. But what I'm picking up is it, you know, there was like a fight, there was a struggle, and, you know, in a Moment of rage, it it kind of happened. Flash temper, you know. Unfortunately, he, he's paying the price for that moment for a long time now.
5: So I wonder about the people that he, that was that were murdered, about them, and what and they're the ones that 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 were taken um, from the natural realm <clears throat> into the spiritual realm. So I just wonder if those people are. Is, do do you do you do you have anything about that?
4: If they're at peace, is that what you're asking?
5: Yeah, well, sort of, yeah, I guess you could say that, yeah.
4: Um, I am getting that they have crossed over. They are not together. Um, One needed a little bit more healing on the other side, and that does occur if somebody suffered a traumatic death. Sometimes, you know, spirit guides and angels... Do have to come forward and you know do some healing of the soul so that they can actually you know cross over fully in peace um, they but they are they are not together, and they're actually okay with that they they don't need to be together on the other side they have gone their separate ways but uh i am I am picking up that both of them have crossed over and are are okay with it if that brings
5: you any solace, yeah, so the ones that cross over really don't want to come back over here because over on the other side is where it's already perfect.
4: You you can create your own heaven, you know, whatever resonates with you. Uh, and have a heaven some people decide to be reincarnated, you know, that's a whole, you know, other conversation. And it's kind of up to that person. They can remain in a state. Uh, they can, you know, travel on an earthly plane they can visit us in a spirit form they can you know and and time means nothing to them you know it all isn't how that's also part of their healing if they feel the need to you know visit their loved ones here to watch over them for a while you know that is their option uh whether or not they decide to you know i've had family members pass and the instant they pass i could feel they were completely on the other side of the universe i mean they just left this realm just at light speed, um, because they didn't need to stay here. They they had finished whatever the work was on this planet, and they became part of the uh, collective consciousness, as I like to put it, and uh-huh. went on to other things. So it, it's all in kind of how that person was raised, what their belief set is, if they needed healing, based on how they left the physical body. Uh, but from why I'm picking mm-hmm. up, they have not reincarnated yet. They are not necessarily visiting you in a spirit form. They're just basically in their own kind of mid-space right now. It's kind of a developing their own type of heaven. You know, Frank, I'm going to have to wrap they're, this they're, up, they're okay? A, they're in a light form.
2: Thank okay, you thank so thank much you. for your
4: call. Okay,
2: you know, thank always you so have much. have tons much for... questions. Yeah, they're very good questions.
4: Uh, you know, and I could tell them, you know, what I'm picking up. Some people might be picking up some other types of information, but uh, from right off the bat, you know, people, you know, they worry. You know, what happened to them, especially if they were, you know, sadly and tragically murdered, you know, are they okay?
2: Yes, and yeah, it is a, I, a I great do have,
4: concern. Yeah, I do have stories of, you know, family members who, unfortunately, have passed unexpectedly, and sometimes it goes okay, sometimes it does not. And, yeah, obviously a lot of us have those questions or you know, are they mm-hmm. all right?
2: Yeah. And also the the question Craig asked, which was a good one, what really happened? I mean, was it on purpose, was it premeditated, you know, that all of you know, people people do end up with a lot of questions and people pass that way. It's very difficult, very challenging. You know,
3: when a, when a person passes unexpectedly, uh, their age is that will say not appropriate for them to be passing because there's been no illness or anything, say a, a child or someone in mid-age or middle Uh how do, how do they respond to that major shift when it comes out of nowhere? There's been nothing to give them information prior to that they were going to be leaving that we're aware of.
4: Well, you know, I am still on this side of the veil so I can only mm-hmm. give you the information that I have received you know, from those who have crossed and basically what I've been picking up. But people who die at a certain age, they like to remain in an age group that they were happiest. If they were happiest, you know, if they died in their 40s but unexpectedly in a car crash or something, but they were just mm-hmm. in sheer bliss when they were in their 20s that's kind of sometimes how they appear to their loved ones in that age group. They don't necessarily appear to their loved ones at the age of death. If someone happens to be a child, uh, obviously they're going to kind of remain at that age group, Mm -hmm. although I have had stories of there's a very famous spirit on um, the Queen Mary. I'll just go ahead Mm -hmm. and say it. And people who investigate there on a regular basis, say that this particular spirit who represents itself as a child isn't necessarily a child. And I have had a 20-minute conversation with this spirit through, you know, ITZ devices and
5: mm-hmm.
4: whatnot, that this particular spirit is aware of time passing and that they are no longer of this age group and they no longer represent themselves of an age group. I basically told them so you know you're the youngest one in the room. And I got a no response, even though the spirit supposedly died at like the age of eight. So they're aware of the time passing, but I think, to answer your question, I think a lot of people who pass, they, they revert back to a, an age group where they were happiest. Because oh, really, if, you know, you can, you, can, you can be young again, if you can be your mm-hmm. most beautiful again. And it, it's depicted in, you know, Hollywood, too. My favorite movie is, you know, The Ghost of Mrs. Muir. Yes, yeah, definitely. And, you know, when, J- when Jane Tierney, you know, drops her glass of milk and he comes to greet her, which is, in my mind is like the most romantic movie ever, <laughs> just putting that <laughs> out there. And uh-huh. all of a sudden she's was just beautiful. in her stunning, you know, perfection again because that's how she's going to be through eternity. And, you know, he, he, you know, lifts her up and they walk off into the mist. And they're both of, you know, their happiest age group, and I think there actually is a lot of validity to that. You know, closing moment in the Ghost of Mrs. Mirror. Mm-hmm. You know, she's she's not her old you know wrinkled self. She is suddenly her youthful, beautiful self again, and you know he goes to greet her. And I'm like, oh, he's there for her. He waited for her. I'm like, oh my gosh! It's just like the most romantic movie. It I just love is. that movie.
2: <laughs>
1: Kitty oh, do you, ever find yourself too. going on? A, oh, go ahead.
4: No,
1: go. You go, George. Well, I was just going to say that. Do you ever go on investigations where, um, you know, you, I'm sure you have your own way of, like, approaching it uh, scientifically and spiritually, and you go into a house that, that you know is haunted. Maybe it might not even be someone invited you to one, but when you walk into a house, it's got a vibe, and it's, it's almost like, whoops, there goes gravity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like you feel that lightness you know you feel that it's like a heavy light feeling i don't know how to describe it exactly but it's just you just know something like you're walking into you're walking through or into residual energy and mm-hmm. um and you can feel it and then you have the tools to measure it and that kind of thing or actually speak with it and it speaks to you back um you ever get that kind of feeling of that Oh
4: definitely and that that is yeah. a strong strong basis for, for my for my book is I use the equipment to validate what I'm already picking up with my own body mm-hmm. because your own body right. is basically one of the best uh, tools the in your toolkit to be a parallel yeah. investigator. Yeah. And if you walk into a house, a lot of times you'll get what I call a fun house effect where <laughs> the energy is so strong that you find yourself almost pinned against the wall. You know, and sliding against mm-hmm. the wall as you go through a room because you're struggling to maintain your balance. Um mm-hmm. I also will tell people if you go into a room and it feels like somebody had just had an argument in there and you could feel mm-hmm. that kinetic energy still in that room mm-hmm. and all the hair is standing up on, you know, on your arms and stuff, I mean, that will tell you that there is something in that room. You know, and I'll do a quick sweep, you know, through an area. You know, something might feel, you know, this room feels nothing, this feels active, and then I'll switch. Sometimes the energy will change in a room too. It's like if you sit there... Quiet for a few minutes. That energy may uh, rise up again, and it'll feel a little bit different. But yeah, I get what's called a funhouse effect, mm-hmm. and you'll go into a place, and you're like, "Oh my gosh!" And you you can't can't even maintain your balance. You feel like lightheaded like, and and wobbly. Yeah.
3: yeah, What about the spirit box when when you
4: use that? How does that affect you? I use that usually towards an end of an investigation if i've already reached out and you know connected with some spirit and i think something is still there and maybe you want to have a, a a lengthier conversation because i've been able to get full sentence um out of a sb7 spirit box which is basically something that sweeps of uh, the bands and it creates mm-hmm. a kind of white noise if people aren't familiar with what the as the spirit box says. So you'll you'll have to discount little little blips of words every now and then because sometimes those will pop through. So a lot of times I'll do the sweet backwards. So I don't accidentally get, you know, random words popping in that might be from, you know, a different radio band. And I think one of the most remarkable ones I got was at a house that is in Hollywood and it was on the same street as um the Tate La murders. Oh and my! And the this, the the spirit of Sharon Tate has been known to uh, frequent this house quite a bit. It's been the house has been on all a lot of TV programs, and it's known as the Omen mm-hmm. House. And my my friend Dave Omen owns this house, and that is one of those places where you definitely get that fun house effect. I mean, you will get a high positive milligal setting on the top floor and on the bottom floor. It's you know like a thousand negative milligauss. I mean, it's just the magnetic anomalies that exist in this house are just absolutely crazy. And I was we were there with a spirit box one time, and once again I'm using these pieces of equipment to validate what I'm already kind of picking up mentally. So right. somebody was asking if Sharon Tate could come forward and we're not getting much of a response, and I'm getting you know, the voice in my head that there are other spirits suppressing her from coming forward. And hmm. I vocalize this, and it's on a recording. Um, I think I have it on my SoundCloud page. You can go to my website and, mm-hmm. and hear this kind of whole conversation. Because somebody's asking, Sharon, can you speak with this? And I say, I don't think they want her to to speak or something to that effect. And just then, over the course of like 10 bandwidths, it like a full sentence in a female voice that says, can't, they won't let me. So here I'm getting validation from what I've Hi. already been picking up, you know, psychically that they don't want her to come forward at that time. And then all of a sudden we get this voice that says, can't, they won't let me. So I who is I, I do like it. it. You know, I think it's other spirits that are in that vicinity sometimes there are quote bullying spirits mm-hmm. that won't want other ones to come forward you know you know there's spirits that like you know they're control freaks on that side just as there are people on this side and sometimes you have to push those other bullying spirits out of the way for other other spirits to come forward but as far as the <laughs> sd 7 spirit box I you can get a lot of inflection you can get mm-hmm. accents and that's what it's really good for because you actually do get the voice, you know, coming through at, in real time. So those are really cool to get a lot of the tone and inflection and in emotion of a spirit coming through in those devices.
3: Can you pick up anything from her possibly of the unborn child? Because that child was due about the time she was murdered, wasn't it? I yeah, believe. she
4: was like uh, nine months pregnant
3: Yeah, at the time. Well, there, if there's any... Kid, was there anything picked up of the child itself?
4: I personally have not on my many visits to that house. Mm-hmm. I think when a child is that close to term and has taken that suddenly, that uh, as I had another investigator friend of mine say that the angels take them home. Okay. That they yeah, had not wondered be about put, that. They that they will not be put in a position to be in some sort of purgatory, and have to make those you know cognitive decisions of That's where trauma. am I? What do I need I, to do? Yeah. It, it is it is so traumatic, and, yeah. and it forces. We like to call them angels come and take them where they need to be. They don't have to make those decisions of where do I go? Is somebody looking for me? You know, they, they aren't put in a position of being lost. That's um, wonderful. Angels come and take them where they need to be. So no, there was no issue that I have encountered of, of her mm-hmm. child being in any kind of purgatory. or I have not encountered the child spirit at that house at all, thankfully. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's yeah, well, I very comforting.
4: So definitely.
3: Anytime yeah. things happen and you wonder what does happen with the child, so... That's good to know.
4: It is. Now, I, is. I do have an interesting story of, of trying to channel a child spirit, if we have time oh. to tell that quick story.
3: Yeah,
2: but we're going to do um. first. So, Kitty, is. Uh, we're going to take a very short commercial break. So, everybody, stay tuned. You are listening to Supernatural Girls Radio, and we'll be right back.
0: Pure essential oil, specialized minerals, and a revolutionary anti-aging technology, Astridian combines the best of all scientifically proven ingredients in easy-to-use creams, lotions, and concentrated serums. Astridian's advanced line of products take your skin to a new level of being healthy and beautiful. We offer a variety of collections that address all your skin concerns. The Essential Anti-Aging Series and moisturizes your skin for a long-lasting, younger look. The Multivitamin Series promotes healthy skin with high-quality vitamins and minerals. The Sports Series restores skin from cellular damage and stress. Astridian also offers a revitalizing solution for hair and a professional series for doctors and medical spas. Visit astridian.love today and begin your new journey to healthy, beautiful, youthful skin. Astridian. Beyond your expectations.
6: There are a lot of psychics out there. How do you decide which one is right for you? You look for someone who empowers you, who's practical and spiritually connected, who says, Here are your opportunities, here are your challenges, and here's a way to deal with them. And then gives you your own toolbox to make your life everything you want it to be. Hi, I'm Corby Mitlide, and that's how I work with you. As a certified professional tarot reader, I've helped thousands of people for over 40 years through my toolbox. Cards, past life retrieval, numerology, spirit guide conferences, and mediumship. Whether it's career, relationships, finances, or your spiritual road, Together, we can replace your confusion with clarity. And you'll probably find a little laughter along the way. Visit me at corbymitlide.com to find out how to cross your bridge from fear to fearlessness and fly. And tell me you found me at Supernatural Girls for a special gift with your reading. Corby Mitlide, the practical psychic for catching your tomorrows today. Find me at corbymitleid.com That's corbymitlide.com. Your property tax bill. Have you
7: seen it lately? It's frightening. Your property taxes are going up while your home value is going down. It's time to fight back and win. For the real truth about the property tax system, get Attorney Pat Quintilian's book, Are You Getting Screwed on Your Property Taxes? How to Find Out and How to Fix It. Attorney Quintilian answers all your questions and gives you the facts you need to fight a property tax bill that is spiraling out of control. You'll also read about what happens to property owners who don't check their property records only to find out too late they're taxed on square footage, fixtures, and even buildings that they don't own. Is this happening to you? Learn your rights. Buy Attorney Pat Quintilian's book today. Are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it. Available on Amazon.com.
8: Are you frustrated with endless mantras, affirmations, and processes that promise to align your life with your dreams only to find yourself years later in the same space where you began? Do you feel like you must be doing something wrong because nothing seems to be working? Don't you just wish that someone could shift your consciousness for you and your life could align with your desires without all the effort? Well, your wish is about to come true. Hi, I'm Carrie Cannon, and I have a gift that allows me to align the consciousness of others to be in harmony with their dreams. The best part is, it requires no particular effort on your part. Upon listening to a consciousness alignment, people have reported instant energy shifts, financial windfalls, soulmate connections, healed relationships, physical healings, and more. To gain access to a free trial offer for my entire Manifesting Miracles library of consciousness alignments, go to commandmiracles.com now for details. Again, that's commandmiracles.com for information about our free trial offer. That's commandmiracles.com.
2: Welcome back everyone to Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker, here with my two co hosts, PK and George Lugo, and our wonderful guest tonight, Kitty Janice. We are speaking with her about her adventures on this in this world and the other side. And her wonderful book is called When the Dead Speak. So, Kitty, we broke just when you were about to share a story with us channeling. Yes a child so please continue
4: well i like this story because not only does it validate that spirits are okay our loved ones are watching over them they also do cross over but also i did this reading with the help of a couple other mediums in the same room and so i always learn so much when i'm channeling with other mediums at the same time, and George, I don't know if you've done like group channelings as well, because a lot of times you'll get different perspectives of what's going on. And right. I always learned so so much when I'm doing this rather than just either doing it over the phone or doing it by myself. I love doing group channeling readings. And this young mother came in who had lost sadly a five-year-old son, and wow, she hard. had now had another. Son who was born, and he was also now five, but she wanted to connect with the son who had crossed who had passed over and so I'm in the room with about three or four other you know mediums, and I get this vision of you know a, a maternal grandmotherly figure, but all I'm seeing are her hands holding just a small child's hands, and I'm not seeing. The boy. I'm just seeing a pair of hands resting and hurt. You know, she's gently clutching this pair of hands. I'm thinking, why am I not getting anything other just than the child's hands? And so I, I question, you know, this other, you know, my mentor, my other friend, and I said, why am I only just, just, no, another friend of mine, Kimberly. Oh. And I say, why am I only just seeing the hands? And I, she says, that's because this was her interpretation, and I have to kind of go along with this, that
3: who this
4: young boy was, he no longer needed to remain. He has crossed over and reincarnated. But who this young boy was, who this child was to this young mother still remains under the care of the grandmother. And the only visual that we see are just his hands being held in hers, out of love. So, just this little fragment of that consciousness that was the boy um, you know who he was by name still remains with the grandmother, but the rest of his soul has gone over and reincarnated, and so I shared that with the mother, and she got some comfort from that and as i 'm looking at the mother, you know, I get this overlay of another visual, and i 'm looking at her, and it looks like flies buzzing around her, and i 'm thinking. That can't be good. Why am I seeing, weird? and they're weird little not normal looking bugs flying around her on this overlay. I, obviously they're not, she doesn't have flies buzzing around her, but I'm seeing it <laughs> as a vision, as an overlay on her, and I'm thinking, how do I articulate this that doesn't just sound totally negative and creepy? Because obviously it's a message that I need to relay to her, and I'm not quite sure what this message is. So... I don't say flies, I don't say bugs. I say, "What's with the bees? because bees sound better. I say <laughs> yes. i'm getting I'm getting this vision of like bees or insects, and then at the same time as I'm getting this visual, I'm getting you know auditory information in my head that the deceased child is somehow bringing these insects to her that this is a message from the son to the mother. And I go, so are you seeing insects or bugs in an, a natural or unusual place? Or I, I'm getting its image that the, the sun is somehow bringing these odd little insects to you. Are you seeing insects in a place that you hadn't seen them before? And her eyes are just getting really big like saucers. And I said, does this make sense to you? Because it's not making complete sense to, sense to me right now, but i being told that I need to tell you that somehow the sun is bringing you insects. And she says, the sun who passed always used to draw little bugs for me. Oh, my. And she says, now the sun I have now has started drawing insects in exactly the same way. (laughs) Oh, my. Just like like the drawing. And I'm getting goosebumps telling the story because how the tears just started pouring out of her and how it made perfect sense to her even though it didn't make any sense to me seeing this overlay of flies buzzing around her, but that's just how it presented itself. And she it was making perfect sense to her because she says I get it now because the son that I have now is drawing these same insects and they look just like the ones that, you know, my other son used to draw for me. And I said, the son who has passed, is that's his message and that's he's coming through the son that you have now. And, of course, tears are flowing, you know, like crazy because – that message made perfect sense to her. So I tell, you know, mediums, even though they're getting some weird, obscure piece of information, tell them, I'm getting this weird, obscure piece of information, but I'm <laughs> yes. being told that it mm-hmm. should make sense to you. So rather than try to fabricate, you know, I'm seeing insects and blo-, you know, try to fabricate something, say this is what I'm getting. This is what I'm seeing and I'm told it's important to you. Does this make sense to you? And I think that will lead give a lot of credence to some people where I think, oh, they're 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 a fake because they're just doing a cold read. I'm just saying I, this is what I'm getting. This is the information I was getting. Does it make sense to you? And it made perfect sense to this mother. So it, it kind of helped me a lot because I it, it I couldn't figure out what the heck was going on seeing this overlay of flies buzzing around this poor grieving mother, but it was actually a gift from her. deceased son and to be able to kind of validate that message for her i think was really really sweet and i kind of had to you know navigate a little bit through this with a little bit of help but it actually the reading came through quite well for the mom because the tears were flowing she was so happy and she knew that seeing those her son make these drawings was actually a gift from her deceased son so it, it was kind of a cool story in its way but it's like I said, it didn't make any sense to me at the time until I said, yeah. Mom, I'm seeing this. But that is, what, you is, is, what that does is it so mean true. to you?
1: Yeah, that is so true. Like when I'm doing the reading, uh, these abstract things will come in, you know, um, mm-hmm. a tricycle with a red ball on it, you know, and, and they're just keep showing it to me, showing it to me, and they kind of ignore it sometimes because I want it to be a little bit more clear or, you know, and if you don't say it, they stop talking to you. Sometimes they'll just like back out and say, okay, he's not getting it, so they leave. And so I have to present this abstract thought. You know, It makes no sense to me, but to the person I'm reading for, it makes total sense for them. And, and, and it ties it all together. And there have been times in the beginning of a reading where I'll get these abstract things, but I continue to read because there's a lot of souls there, and they're all saying different things, and all of a sudden the whole thing comes around full circle, and it's back to that abstract thought. And it ties the whole thing together. So I don't know if you've got to like that sometimes, but, yeah, the abstract part of it is uh, really important. It validates a lot of things. so important to listen to that.
4: Yeah, like you said, a lot of times the spirit will keep pushing that, what you see in an abstract image. It does not make any sense. And if you do ignore it, I'm out of here because they aren't listening to me. So, yeah, a lot of times I think, he's telling me this. You know, if it doesn't make sense now, maybe we'll set it aside, but that's just something he's – pushing at me right now you know maybe it'll make sense in a you know a few minutes or so or maybe a couple days later something will Mm. come to fruition oh my gosh that's you know you know Mm -hmm. he said don't go up those stairs and all of a sudden you know i slipped and fell and i was going to break my hip or something you know it makes sense you know maybe a couple days later so yeah i never try to ignore those things but they don't you know people say well why can't you just tell me how a person died or why can't you just tell me how he's doing and it's not that easy you know The deceased don't always just sit down in a chair and have a straight conversation with you. Some of it is filtered. Some of it comes through spirit guides. Some of it comes through images. Some of it comes through uh, different layers of different spirits all trying to talk at once, and you're trying to navigate, you know, did this person say this, and why does this person look like this, and I'm seeing somebody with red hair, but it's actually this person. And, you know, you're seeing, you know, slices of many different things, and as a medium you're trying to make sense of it. And so a lot of times you're putting up pieces of information and people say, like, He doesn't know what he's talking about. It's like, Well, I'm just getting all these little bits of information mm-hmm. and I'm trying to make sense of it. And it it's not as easy as people think it is. <laughs> well, I <tried laughs> so totally get you that you're getting these weird images and I'm like, I don't know what they're talking about, but this is what he's pushing at me right now. It makes sense to them, makes does it make sense to you kind of thing?
1: Mhm. Yeah, you it's a double edged sword sometimes. Go ahead.
4: Kitty, about the trans channel that you
3: spoke of in the book, when standing next to someone and not when you're reading for them or reading with them a spirit, how how do you navigate that to be able to keep it in a
4: balance? It all comes down to having healthy personal boundaries. I had a person who would allow spirits to come into her, and I... I, I think that's just way too invasive, and especially if mm-hmm. you're doing a channeling of a person who has died a traumatic death. Um, I had a person email me just the other day who just did a spontaneous reading for a friend. He had never done a reading before, and he started feeling the moments of death for that person's lost loved one, and that's that can be very dangerous. It can be very painful it can be very Absolutely. frightening. Yep. And so I tell people, I tell the spirits, it's okay to tell the spirit. We can have this conversation, you know, next to each other. You don't, you know, sometimes they may need to think that, oh, you need to feel my pain to, you know, know what it is I was going through. No, you can tell me what it is. I, I, I know what you went through. Mm-hmm. I had a person whose uh, brother died in a motorcycle accident. He didn't tell me he died in a motorcycle accident. I had some, once again, we were doing a, a channeling with a couple other people in the room. Somebody felt her legs breaking. She actually felt her legs breaking because that's what happened to the gentleman who died in the motorcycle accident. I was feeling the chest trauma. I mean, it, it's it, it's a matter of personal boundaries as a medium because you don't want to have any of that lingering within you because –
6: not only is
4: it bad for your health, it's also kind of muddies the water, so to speak, if for your next channeling because it it, it kind of confuses you. Why am I feeling all these other emotions, pain? Mm, that's and whatnot. It it's it's really about personal safety, I would think, and it's also about clarity.
2: Well, you know, about Jane being Roberts, to have right, something she, come into you. They channeled the stuff material. Are you familiar Mm -hmm. with that years ago? Uh,
4: Yeah, a little bit. Refresh my memory on that.
2: Yeah, I mean, she had this entity named Seth that would come through her regularly, wanted to write books, and so they did put out a number of books uh, under the Seth material. But I know somebody who knew her, and they said that as time went on, she did develop some serious health problems, and they felt it was
4: connected to the channeling.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
4: Well, yeah, and you probably have these experiences too, George. That uh, oh, after yeah. you've done a reading, sometimes you can feel completely drained. Uh, you know, you feel what that person went through, mm-hmm. and it's like I, I. Sometimes you want to feel that because you want that visceral experience to validate. Yes, I am connecting with this spirit, and yes, I want to. Shoulder a little bit of that burden from them in order to help them to heal. And sometimes I will allow a little bit of it just to verify what it is that person went through to make that connection. But then I always will make a conscious effort to flush it away, either through meditation or through Reiki. I think meditation is a tool that is really underutilized. In the paranormal world, it really does Mm -hmm. help people with a razor-sharp focus, which I think is something that people really do need in this field. Everything can get really confusing really quick. When you're dealing with the living, you're dealing with the dead, you're dealing with residual energy, you're dealing with trauma. I, I think that's what's really important is to have these personal boundaries in order to maintain, you know, a level of safety and right i I think you probably have encountered you know people who have been in the paranormal field many years that uh they do sometimes develop personality changes they'll start developing bits of depression they'll be or chronic, illnesses. chronic illnesses chronic um, illnesses right True. they'll be called back to more negative locations uh it can become somewhat of an addiction in that respect. And so I that's people say, Well, why didn't you write this book more about equipment? Why didn't you write, you know, more about the practical aspects of an investigation? And I said, Well, a lot of people have already. A lot of people have written very good books on that subject. I have found that you know dealing with paranormal investigators and dealing with this type of energy that what was not being addressed was the idea of personal boundaries, dealing with this energy, dealing with this layering of soot of negativity and emotion that can just kind of clog on you year after year after year. And if you don't address it, if you don't cleanse yourself mentally, physically, spiritually, it can have really, really dire effects over the long term. And I found that that was just not being addressed in the paranormal field.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
4: you're right. It really
2: hasn't been. And I agree, too, about your point that meditation needs to be a more integrated part of all of this so that people can get clear faster because it's easy to get overwhelmed when you're doing an investigation or even when you're doing a reading sometime if someone's traveling with a lot of companions.
3: So yeah, no, good it point. is important. You know, I noticed also uh, that I was interested in uh, reading in your book, Kitty, was the fact that you were talking about Reiki. Uh, it, I always, I work. With, I'm a Reiki master, and I use it for healing and working with other aspects of things. But I had not really thought of it in the terms of which you have used it in the book. And I think that's very interesting to know that there's so much more that goes with it because we forget sometimes and think strictly the healing element of the body and mind, but not of what is going on within the uh, ethers. Mm
4: -hmm. Well, you know, I learned Reiki after I became a paranormal investigator because over the years, you know, it's a field where you get so much answers, but Mm -hmm. you get more questions. And... (laughs) I think I tell people the kind of the epiphanal moment of a lot of this is I was attending a lecture by a gentleman who works as a demonologist. You have probably heard of him. his name is Adam Bly.
2: Mhm. Yeah. And
4: mm-hmm. he was saying that I am so angry when I see people go in these investigations and they get these EVP's of somebody, you know, saying help me or I'm lost or and they they go, "Oh my gosh, I got this cool EVP of somebody saying help me." And they put it on their YouTube page and they put it on their website. He goes, this is like poking a spirit with a stick. He goes, these are not little trick pony. He goes, what is your responsibility now that you have connected with somebody who has gone to all these lengths of crossing time and space and parallel universe to reach out and ask for help? He says, so what are you going to do? How are you going to help this person? What is the point of being An investigator, if you get this evidence of somebody saying, help me, so to speak, how are you going to help them? And, you know, the light bulb kind of went off at that point. Oh, (laughs) how am I going to help them? Rather than just collect this evidence and saying, yeah, I got a voice that says, help me, (laughs) ha-ha. I need, as a responsibility, as a paranormal investigator, to be able to kind of find something in my toolbox to be able to help these spirits be it have them cross over, have them you know, get some sort of healing. Sometimes they just want a connection and have a conversation just so that they're not, you know, forgotten where they are. And so that's why I, you know, learned Reiki. And so Reiki can actually be used to heal locations. It can actually be used to in healing of the deceased. I had a conversation with a coworker today of how when we are deceased, we don't automatically go onto a fluffy cloud and get a pair of wings and start playing a harp. A Hmm. lot of times there is unfinished business. And this is where things like Reiki and mediumship come into play is because you can actually reach through that veil. And, you know, George, I don't know if you've done this or not, but actually done healing to the deceased.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
4: It's a wonderful thing to have in your toolbox, mm-hmm. and a lot of times the deceased are surprised that you can cross that veil and reach them and do this type of healing. I'm I, it, I didn't realize yeah, it's, it before. It's a, it's a wonderful why. thing to have, and I'm going to cough here in a second. But, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's really a wonderful, wonderful thing to have. And you were saying that you were using alternative medicines for your dog. Yes. Um, I had a cat who uh, I'd had for many, many years, and he developed uh, thyroid cancer. And at the time he was about 14, and he was – not exactly the friendliest cat to other people. He was to me, but not to anyone else. My vet hated him, and my vet said, well, "Let's put it this way: your cat is not exactly Mister Cuddles, and I cannot do—I can't do chemo on him. I can't put a needle in him. He'll—if he struggles, we'll, we'll shred tissue. There's really no way I can treat this cat, especially given his age. You know, there's nothing I can do." So I took my cat home, and I'm like, what am I going to do? You know, he's my everything. He's my world. Okay, well, I've done Reiki. You know, I've done Reiki to humans. I've done Reiki for emotional trauma. I've done it for physical trauma. I, I hadn't done it a lot to pets at that time. So I laid on the bed on my back. I put my cat on my stomach, and I just started doing you know, Reiki on him. I'd done a little bit of Reiki on him during his cancer, but not to the extent where I need to make this work, really work. And I just laid my hands above him, and I was, you know, feeling his energy. I was pulling out the negative stuff. I was trying to balance him out. And I just said out loud, I think, I said, if there is, a god if there's a force if there's something out there you need to give me that validation that this is going to work because you know this is scout this is my cat this is he needs to survive this and this is the only way that he is going to survive this cancer if this universal energy if this reiki actually does what i have been taught that it's going to do and at that moment i felt a second pair of hands Rest on the back of my hands Oh my How oh, nice the te- I'm crying right now oh, The tears just start flowing from me As I did this Reiki on my cat And that was when he was 14 He just passed away At the age of 22 <gasps> Oh my goodness
2: Congratulations wow. So That's I really fabulous. really wow. Got that
4: validation When I needed it most, and I think that made made it all worthwhile for me, was when I needed it most, Mm -hmm. I got that validation that there Mm -hmm. really is something out there that listens to us and gives us Mm -hmm. what we need when we need it. I mean, I did it as selflessly as I could. It wasn't for me, even though I needed the validation. I just needed the Reiki to heal my cat, (laughs)
2: And that's he was
4: compl- he was completely cancer free until he passed at the age of
2: twenty two. I mean, that's a long cat. life, even for a cat. That's a long life. Did he get the Goldie uh, yeah. Mouth Award for that?
4: <laughs> so, so yeah. as heartbreaking a story as that is, it really you know hit home with me that there they hear us out there and they will. Yeah. Just, come to us when we need and They will us definitely, thank you for that word, they, they will us yeah. yeah. when we need it you know, That's when you,
1: wonderful.
2: When you shared that, Kitty, you know what I was struck with is just how everything lined up in your own energy system to focus on Scout, to focus on his healing. Because I think what happens for most people who don't meditate, who don't know how to align themselves, they have a lot of doubts, and it takes them, out of alignment into a different direction It's very difficult to reach The right frequency to create a healing like you had So good for you That's that's tremendous That you were able to do oh, that Thank
4: you and, and I like that you brought up that word Doubt because a lot of people You know they, they get these Visitations or they, they have an experience And they think okay this is really happening Or this I had this spontaneous You know channeling with somebody But if they don't you know, t- train themselves if they don't train their bodies they don't train their mind it becomes a bit more fragmented and then they do start questioning did this really happen or was this that really real or was it more of a dream and so that's yeah, why they pull can't the rug re- out re- reiterate them enough themselves. yeah so I can't really reiterate enough that, that, that meditation is a wonderful tool to help you focus because in everything that we're doing here if we're doing meditation I'm mean, sorry if we're doing mediumship if we're doing parallel investigations, if we're doing numerology, if we're doing astrology, it really is dealing with an energy that is bigger than ourselves. And so I think in order to tap into that, I really recommend, you know, meditation to really help kind of focus on not only raising our vibration and training our body, but it also helps to identify certain levels of energy if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so when you go Mm -hmm. into say a haunted location you can pinpoint is this an active location or is this something more residual is this something more negative is this something Mm -hmm. more elemental Uh, it really kind of helps you gauge the intention of the energy when you walk into an area and so it's 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 a wonderful wonderful, uh, tool to have
2: yeah, tell us about the um the stone stamps and water. You had some really interesting things to say about that stone energy and the water energy.
4: Well, you know, we're from our high school science class, we're 70% water. <laughs> so, if you go to places places that are haunted, a lot of times they are near Water be it say you know the Queen Mary, be it something next to a river, and there's a lot of uh, kinetic energy associated with this water, you know it's constantly moving, and so it retains a lot of this energy as it's flowing along and there is a study by a gentleman um, Dr. Masaro Emoto, called Messages in water mm-hmm. and it it's a fascinating um book if you ever get your, your hands on it. And what he did was he took drops of water from different sources. Sewer water, river water, rain water, you know, tap water, tears, uh, sweat, all different sources of water. And he put them on, you know, little uh slides right. and then he subjected these inert little drops of water to different types of energy. In some he played classical music, in some he put in a room where people would meditate, in some he would put in a room and he'd have people you know screaming and arguing and shouting in some he would i think they even had where they would read like horrible novels like mein Kampf or just really horrific words would be read in the room where these drops of water were. And then, you know, in other ones, they would sing, you know, hymns. In other ones, they would pray. They would do all these different things, to these drops of water. Then he'd free them, freeze these little drops of water. Then he'd pull them out, and he would study the crystal formations that were formed. And what was fascinating was, in every single time he did this, the drops of water that were subjected to positive energies created beautiful uniform crystals whether it be the prayer whether it be the meditation whether it be the song whether it be just you know loving thoughts were all beautiful and uniform regardless of the source of the water the ones that were subjected to anything negative were dark they were fragmented they were broken and they were for lack of better words completely ugly and deformed So he goes, okay, well, that's interesting. Let's make this a bit more abstract. He took different sources of water again, new new batch, put them on the little dishes, and rather than energetically portraying either positive or negative, he put them in little jars, and he would just have masking tape on there and have someone write the word love, hate, anger, prayer, you know, beauty, just the word freeze the drops of water, pulled them out, had the same results. Just the intention of the word itself was enough to affect the crystal formation of these drops of water. So with
2: us being seventy percent water, then the
4: same thing. Think of what happens in a conversation. When somebody is arguing with you, if someone is saying how much they love you If someone, how much they say, how much they respect you, of how they admire you, how is that physically affecting that 70% of fluid within you? I mean, it really has a biochemical change in your body. So that is just dealing with the living. If you're going into, you know, it carries over into, you know, a haunted location or dealing with a channeling of someone who has. Died or traumatic death, you know, that will physically affect you. But it's just a fascinating study of how much we are affected physically just by the thoughts, either negative or positive. And Do I you think, think that's
2: that, f- that ghosts can have that same effect on our water bodies, even though they don't have the body anymore you think they can have a similar effect on us?
4: I think they are drawn to the energy, and I've definitely had physical attacks through entities, be they elemental or be they just negative spirits, and they will generally go at you through your solar plexus because that is your area of self-protection. And... That's a lot of times when people are at a location, oh, my gosh, I'm feeling sick. I'm feeling nauseous. I feel like I'm going to throw up because that is where they actually start. And once they leave that location, they get a little bit of air. They get out of that energetic space. They're, you know, they're cleared. So always, on more than one occasion, I've had somebody get attacked. I get them out of that location, and I will stand in that exact spot. Mm-hmm. and see what I'm feeling. And sure enough, you'll start feeling that little kind of queasy tickle in, you know, in the in your midsection and your solar plexus, and I am just like, yeah, no. We're not going to go there. You're not coming into me. You're not going to take my energy. Step back, buddy. Right. right. And, yeah, that that's how they'll try to get at you is through your midsection. They'll either try to manipulate you, they'll try to attack you, they'll try to just suck your energy out. And they usually go through your midsection, and a lot of times people will start feeling a little bit nauseous when that starts to happen.
2: I bet. It sounds
4: very uncomfortable. I mean, haven't you had experience with a that, like, on a, on a location or something? Yeah, you just, oh, my gosh, I'm starting to feel sick. I need to get yeah. out. I need to get some air. I'm, I'm doubling over. I'm going to puke or something like that. Definitely. Mm-hmm. That is when those energies start coming in at you be it, you know, a spirit or be something, you know, elemental, something that hasn't really walked the earth in, you know,
1: human form.
2: George, you were going to ask a question?
1: Oh, no, I was just going to tell you about something that happened that I was involved with, um, this group investigating team. I I didn't know them, and they invited me to go on a hunt with them, and so I went on an investigation with them. So I'm sitting in the room, and there's a lot of us there, and they had a, um, uh, what's the little box that... uh, they, they can talk through. Not a vocoder. It's called uh, uh, like an obelisk? Yeah, yeah. They had an obelisk sitting there, and uh, this voice comes through. It says Zach, and all these people were like getting ready for the to go and investigate this house. So they're all in this living room getting their equipment ready and all this, and uh, somebody said Zach's not here, and then they said Zach again, and the and the lead investigator said Zach's not here. So I must have said it two or three more times. So then I finally asked, after the whole thing was over, I said, hey, you know, you're, this thing, this obelisk was saying, Zach, who's Zach? And they go, oh, Zach, I mean, uh, Zach used to hunt with us and uh, investigate with us and a lot. And this one time he left here, and when he got here, he didn't protect himself. So when he left here, he had about an hour and a half drive to get home. So he, go, he goes home, he goes in his bedroom, the lights were off, you know, very dim, He'd grow up in the sleeping bed, and he sits on the side of the bed to take off his boots and stuff. And all of a sudden, she comes flying over the top of him and just slammed on the floor. And She's screaming and yelling. was and dead asleep. And he's grabbing at nothing, telling it to stop, stop, you know, and it finally did. And when it stopped, she was full of teeth marks all over her thighs, her back, uh-huh. uh, scratches. She was just torn all up. And so That's she awful. just gave him the ultimatum. She says, if you don't stop doing this, I'm leaving, you know, and so he quit, and that's why he didn't show up anymore. But things can follow you home. And this particular thing, I just thought, holy cow, man, what am I doing here? (laughs) You know? (laughs) So that's why I always say before I go into a haunted place, man, you know, I came here alone, I'm leaving alone, and nothing, (laughs) go home with me. So, But she really got hurt. Oh, my goodness. That's horrible. Have you ever been attacked like that? You ever been attacked?
4: Um, I don't allow anything? things to, to come
1: right. home right. with me. Neither uh, do I. As
4: far as being attacked, I've been kind of pushed. I've almost been pushed mm-hmm. downstairs.
7: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, I think one of the funniest ones was I was doing a, a psychometry demonstration,
7: mm-hmm. and
4: one of the coolest places I found to do this was there was a, a Titanic exhibit in town with a lot of the artifacts that had come up from the Titanic. So I brought a group of people basically into this little museum to show them how you can read, you know, the energy off of these objects without actually having to hold them in your hand because it's a museum. And in the first room, there is nothing in there but this little case with like a big bolt, and it's the intro to this museum. And we arranged to be like the only ones basically on this tour so we could do this uh, demonstration. So there's about, you know, ten people with me probably more and the security guard and the security guard is standing way off in the corner and so we start talking about what psychometry (sighs) is and it's standing over this little bolt And all of a sudden I get a double-fisted butt cheek goose and I wheel around assuming it has to be the security guard or somebody behind me and he's standing 20 feet behind me off in the corner and my eyes are just popping out and everybody's (laughs) like what and I'm like, um, I just got kind of goosed <laughs> by a sailor kind of person, I guess. I don't know, somebody off the Titanic. But, uh, yeah, I got a double um
6: <laughs>
4: let me know he was there. That kind of took me by surprise. And I just kind of laughed oh, at God. all. Cause it, really, it really wasn't that invasive. <laughs> was of no. funny." Yeah. But, but, Kitty, uh, we
2: have to wrap up. We've only got another couple of minutes left, unfortunately. Sure. Love
4: talking with you. It's just been too much fun.
2: I know. This is too much fun, and it's great having you with us. I want people to know how to get a hold of you. What is the best way for them to find
4: you? They can find me on Twitter. I go under Paranormal Kitty, or Kitty underscore Janice is how it appears. They can find me on my Facebook page at Into the Light Paranormal. They can find my website at kittyjanus, that's K-I-T-T-Y-J-A-N-U-S-Z dot com, where you can find links to my podcast, my evidence. You can hear some of my EVPs. You can find uh, links in my store where I sell my books and crystals and a few other things. My books are also available on Amazon and Kindle. Uh, the one paranormal book is When the Dead Speak, The Art and Science of Paranormal Investigation. And I also had the run, younger reader's book, When uh, Secrets Buried in the Lemon Grove. And right now I'm working on a third book on grief and mourning and how we reidentify ourselves after experiencing a loss. But you can reach me through my Twitter, my Facebook, uh, and my website, all on those sites. Marissa. And I'd love to hear from any of you guys.
2: Yes. Well, you have to get back in touch when you've got your next book ready so that we can talk with you again. Kitty, thank you so much for such a great, great interview tonight. Wealth of information. You obviously know what you're talking about. It's wonderful (laughs) to have you with us tonight. Now, next week, everybody, we're going to be back with another great show. It's going to be a little different. My two co-hosts are going to interview me about a great UFO abduction story, one of the very best colors in the dark. Don't miss it. Until then, we'll see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone.
1: Good night. Good night, Kitty. Nice to meet you.
4: Oh, it was good talking. Go ahead. Thanks for
1: listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural Girl.